I'm Carrie Brett, and you're listening to Shot at Love. Isn't it time you took a shot at love? Took a shot on yourself? Believe you are worthy of true love? Is there a more effective way to date? Can you find love? Hell yeah. And I'm going to show you how it's done. Hi, I'm Carrie Brett. Today's episode is called, It's Only a Matter of Time. Today we have Caroline 2.0 version joining us. Hi, Caroline. Hello. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be so exciting because we're going to help millennials. Yay. <laughs> and we're gonna, I think they need it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to pay it forward. I was helping your mom navigate, or actually I was brainwashing her and stealing her phone and pretending to be her on Tinder. After I helped your mom, she said, Carrie, you've got to help other people like you helped me. And so I started writing and writing and writing and writing. And one day, it was in the winter, I think, I carried my 28-inch computer on the elevator put it in your kitchen and sat down with you and your mom. And I said, this is what I think the swiping soiree is going to be. Can you please tell me if this is a Tinder musical or if this is a vagina monologues or if I've lost my mind and if there's anything of value here? You were a little unsure. I didn't know it at the time, but your mom was really smart because she knew the lessons that you needed to learn, but she knew she couldn't teach you them because you wouldn't listen because that's what happens when you have you know, mother-daughter relationship. So I was the neutral person in between you. And at the time you were dating a guy with three kids and you were 25 years old. I didn't say anything. I just did my program. When you first saw what I created, tell me how you changed. For sure. Yes. So you opened my eyes day by day, I would say, and let me come to you in my own way, which I greatly appreciated. But the moment I saw your presentation, it just changed everything for me within less than five minutes. Right. Every slide was so inspiring. Every monologue and your genuine nature and stories just made me truly believe in myself. And I thought to myself, if Carrie can do this, hell, I can do it too. Absolutely. And just got really excited about dating and knowing, you know, how many dates you went on to go find your prince opened my eyes that you got to do that too. So I just started to go for it. Well, I think what happened at the end, I just had to laugh because, you know, you're sitting there, you have a glass of wine and you're kind of taking it all in. And we started the night with, well, I'm dating this guy with three kids. And once I finished revealing the program, I just looked at you for your response and you just said, well, that's over with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) It sure was. (laughs) I was like, this is awesome. That was really exciting to see. I think, you know, you definitely were a millennial where, and I love the millennial questions at the end of my soiree because they come right at me. You know, it's like the challenge, 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 and that's okay because they're in pain and they're paying a lot of money to be at a hotel and they're paying for parking, they're paying for my seminar. They definitely are frustrated and they want answers. You challenged me on a lot of the things that I teach. Can you remember some of those things? I sure did. I tested some of the limits. I would say one of them being don't message the guy first. 
I thought one time that I would give that a whirl and see if that was actually true. I'm sorry. (laughs) Even though I'm trying not to apologize as much. And I got to say, it did not work. And with them messaging you first, when you can really take advantage of that, I would recommend it because you are absolutely right. It makes you hold the cards even more. Right. And it shows that they have interest and just makes you feel good. Absolutely. So one millennial at the end of my swiping soiree in Boston said to me, I'm not into your whole, don't write the guy first, Carrie. And I said, okay. And she said, I don't really care. I just write them because I don't care. I said, you're clearly in a lot of pain. You do care. It's not working for you. It's not working for you chasing these guys. It's hard to hold your cards and it's hard to sit back and wait, but they're on Tinder. They're going to write you eventually. For sure. Totally. This whole way of finding love it's not a race and I'd say patience is a virtue and is so key right because you have to be patient when finding the right one you've got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find a prince you've got to figure out what you want through that process and being patient is so important I'll you know message people in the morning go to work and then message them at night I get messages from some guys that's two o'clock are you there four o'clock How was your day at work? That's too much for me. That is not going to work for me. I don't know what you're doing all day, but you're not doing the same thing as me. So I think being patient and not just chasing like that is so important. Right. It will happen. Totally. So people have different jobs and different schedules. You know, like I dated a builder and they get up early. They work when the sun is shining. You know, he would be five o'clock in the morning sending me a message and I could be editing until one o'clock in the morning. So... It can be challenging when you're trying to get to know someone when you have completely different work schedules. I remember one guy, I felt bad for him. I I wrote him, I think I have it in my seminar. I wrote him this text back and I, I said to him, I will be the last girl that you talk to like this, my friend. I understand you don't get Tinder yet, but it was a holiday weekend. I said, I'm a single mother. I have a company People are not necessarily always going to write you back in 24 hours. Now, looking back, I think the person was in a lot of pain and just immediately had, you know, no self-worth and took it really hard. And so when people feel rejection, the first thing they do is lash out. You know, you're not that great, whatever they're going to say. You learn, you learn by participating in it and working Tinder like a job. Let's talk about how you became Caroline 2.0 from when you first started to learn the swiping soiree, and then we were getting you in position to pull in these multiple, you know, mini relationships. And I remember when you first pulled in one guy that you dated, you said, Carrie, hands down, if I didn't become you basically on Tinder, this wouldn't have worked out. For sure. Yes. So it's all about holding your cards, which I think is the biggest thing that you teach. And there's a lot of different ways you can do so. You have to be confident and go out on these dates. Right. You've got to just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? I used to just live in fear. And I think when I really turned the corner to become Caroline (laughs) 2.0, it's because I turned this into a job like you told me to. I find my way to do it. Yes, I've never watched Game of Thrones, okay? Everybody else has in the U.S. population except me because I'm on Tinder, and that's what I'm doing with my time. 
I'm making it another job. Focusing on that and then just having that confidence, you have got to go on multiple dates. Living in that fear, back to what I was saying, I finally figured out, again, what's the worst that can happen? What if he's awkward? No big deal. Maybe you learned something new. Maybe you learned another quality you don't want to find in a guy or you do. Maybe he's super awkward, but he's very, very brilliant. And he learned an interesting fact about dinosaurs. Who knows? But you did something. Right. And it wasn't a waste of an, an hour. A lot of people say, oh, that was such a waste of my time. I never look at it like that. You have to look at it with an optimistic attitude. It's not a waste of your time. It's practice, practice, practice. Right. I've just found the more dates I go on, the more confident I become. And just finding the time for it. On Saturday, I went on a date at uh, 1 o'clock. It lasted 50 minutes. He was extremely introverted, kind, well-dressed. <laughs> Loved the vineyard vines, but no way. Mm-mm, not going to yeah. happen, but not a waste of my time. No, but see, you're smart now because you have lots of sharks circling. Exactly. I've been dating two guys at once recently. Neither are the right one. I have a lot of other people that I'm messaging. I'm going on at least one date a week, but I would say two to three on average. That's excellent. That's great. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. So, you you know, little Caroline became Caroline 2.0 and then turned into this savage. Like I was (laughs) like, what is going on? I've created a monster, but I loved it. And I remember one time I said, Caroline, why don't you come into Boston? We're going to go to this opening, some event. I can't even remember what it was. It gives me an opportunity to pass out the right way to Tinder cards and just hold court and just tell stories. And people just laugh and they're like, what are you doing? And it's been the most fun I've ever had in my life. I remember I had this big crowd and I'm trying to get energy around this swiping story because I'm trying to fill all the seats. I'm looking around and I'm like, where did Caroline go? I send you a text and you're like, sorry, I just picked up a Tinder date. Sorry to ditch you. <laughs> it's true. But I'm on a date now. He owned a mattress store on Newberry Street. Nice guy. Not the one, but nice guy. See? I always but think there's... of him when I go past that mattress store. <laughs> oh my God. I would have had a field day with a person who owned a mattress store. <laughs> I have a bad back. I could use a new mattress right now. I might have gone on the a second date. are never ending with that. <laughs> oh my God. That's hysterical. But yeah. you know, action creates reaction. You will manifest this perfect person because you're after it. Anything that you put your energy and your time into works out. It sure does. And I have been really living my life by the principle of my dad always says, if it doesn't come naturally, leave it. And lately it's just been a lot more dates because I'm not pushing something that is unrealistic. If it feels good, keep going for it. Keep trying. If it doesn't feel right, walk away and do not apologize for walking away. Right. I often get asked out on second dates and I just simply say, you know, I'm not vibing this. I don't say I'm sorry. I just say I'm not really vibing this and, you know, best of luck. Thank you so much. But no, just pushing something that is unrealistic. Right. So I love the, I'm not vibing this because again, I had to teach myself Tinder. I don't even think the term ghosting was even around back then, but it happened. Right. There were tons of people that I went out with myself and I'm like, okay, I know this is not going to happen, but the person was very nice. And then I never knew what to do the next day. I think it's terrible to go someone and it's not fun to have it happen to you. I thought that was such a nice way to have so much like class and poise around the next day. You're not going to go out with them on a second date. 
what you say is like, thank you know, you're not my guy. No. So, but the way you say it, I think that's really kind. And you want them to find the best thing they can find. You know that they're looking for the same thing. So why not, you know, wish them the very best on their way and I hope the best for them. So I have this listogram of the top 20 guys that are on Tinder, which I think is pretty funny and pretty accurate. And there's a couple in there that you were like, how was I dating Yes, the mama's boy? Or how was I dating? Yes, I was in a five-month relationship with a mama's boy. Oh, yeah. That's his wife. That's his priority. Right. So you're never going to be his priority. I knew that one pretty well, but you missed that. In the I sure did. You did I miss sure it. did. But that's okay. Other than the mama's boy, he was also a future faker. And I knew that by certain moves that he would make. I used to laugh. I'd say, Caroline, how many times are we going to have discussions that start out with, he's pretty much everything on my list, Carrie, or, you know, but this is happening. I'm like... For sure. And I think it's so important to come up with that list. But as one of my best friends said to me, Caroline, is treats you right on that list? Because I think you should go write it down. And she was absolutely right. Right. You have got to look, read between the lines. Yes, I want somebody who is, you know, wants to be a dad, has a good job, is driven. These are all things that were on my list. However, being a huge pessimist was not going to work for me. I wake up in the morning and I see rainbows out the window. I am constantly on cloud nine. When you're in a relationship with somebody who's, you know, just see storm clouds no matter what, it's not going to work. Those types of little things bring you down. That's not the way to a successful relationship. You have to spot the little signs too. Right. So I think it's important to figure out what you want, but the more practice you have, the more little things you realize too. One of my like proudest moments was when you spotted an out-of-towner, which is one of the guys that I have on my list, on Tinder. And you screenshot the message. And it was classic because the guy was like, hey, Caroline, uh, in town for the Red Sox. Any interest going? And then you just wrote back, hello, Mr. Out-of-towner. <laughs> I sure did. Oh, you're an out-of-towner. That's what they are. Just think about it. Looking, I see this all the time, looking for a tour guide in Boston this weekend. For a if weekend. If you can't figure out that that says something else, right. then just stop. Just walk away. But do you know how many people fall into that trap? Oh, my gosh. Because, oh, my, they're going to they're going to leave. But if I feel a connection, we'll make it work long distance and we'll fall in love. And I applaud any listeners who that happened to them. Good for you. Good for you. You might as well date someone who's in jail. Right. It's not going to work. They're not going to be a part of your life. Here are today's Tinder tips. Number one, go on multiple dates. Diversify with lots of dates. We are running Tinder like a business, and in business, we take chances. Also, in business, we don't over-scrutinize our new prospects or clients. Look for every opportunity. Number two, bring your A-game. Do what you need to do to look and feel your best. Get a spray tan, opt for a blowout, buy a new outfit, or pick up some new lingerie. And remember, you've got this. 
Number three, be patient. Patience is a virtue. Good things come to those who wait. Also, be patient with yourself. We all have bad days or dates that aren't so great, but we don't focus on what didn't work. We focus on moving forward. Number four, do not cancel a date. If this was your job, you would show up regardless of how less than perfect the night was. Consistency and follow through is key to your success. Leverage the edge when you have it. Remember, dating is a job and at work, we aren't able to take breaks when things get hard. If you cancel and you don't have a real excuse, then don't expect that person to reschedule. Number five, no bio. It's your turn now to use the Maverick move. The Maverick move is usually employed by good-looking men because they feel they can get away with it. It works in their favor because now they become intriguing and mysterious. Keep them guessing. Men love a challenge. No bio is a great way to separate yourself and stand out. If they want to know more about you, then they can ask. Here's a bonus tip from Caroline 2.0. Be fashionably late. I love this. Build the anticipation of meeting you by running a few minutes behind. When you show up, don't apologize for being late. Thank him for waiting. And we're back with Caroline 2.0. Survival, you know, survival of the fittest when you're dating on Tinder or any platform. I found that I did certain things that made dating a little bit easier for me. I would take an Uber. I don't like to drive at night because of my eyes. That was something that made it easier for me. I had a fight song. I had a Katy Perry fight song. I had many songs that I would listen to before I would step into the Tinder dating ring. You had mentioned something to me where you would show up on the date a few minutes late, you know, windblown like you were a movie star appearing on a set. And I thought that was so funny and so interesting to me because what I would do, because I had you know, a shred of self-worth, I would get to the place early and do a once-over to make sure I didn't have lip gloss on my teeth and I wasn't, you know, windblown. Doing that once-over to see that I looked okay, then I wasn't sitting the first five minutes into the date wondering if I do have lip gloss on my teeth. You know, like, I that would set me off. So I just, getting there early and doing a once-over put me in a place of power. But you feel showing up late and not even texting them. I kind of like this because you're building anticipation. Like they're sitting there almost thinking, my God, am I potentially going to be blown off? Because that happens. Yeah. So I like to show up. I mean, I live in downtown Boston. Most of the time I have a guy meet me near where I live because, hey, I'm the driver of the bus. So let's meet near where I am. Good. So I walk to a lot of dates. And I like to show up, you know, five to 10 minutes late, which is probably, you know, some people may think it's unethical, but that's how I like to roll. Mm-hmm. About two or so less than that blocks before I get there, I open my phone. I looked at the selfie camera to make sure I do not have lipstick on my teeth. Smart. Spit out a piece of gum, take my headphones off where I'm listening to usually I'm every woman or something like that. <laughs> Maybe some Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, 
No Adele. Anything's possible. Lots of pump up music. Take off my headphones, throw them in my bag, turn off my phone or silence it and walk in there feeling like a million bucks. And it's so nice to see that person sitting at the bar who you figured out that's the right person. Because if you're late and they're already there, you can make for certain that it's them. That's something that I like to do. And when I get there, I never say, I'm sorry for being late. I say, Thank you for waiting for me. <laughs> Changes everything. It's all in the presentation. It sure is. But, you know, it's in the preparation, too. It is. And I used to be self-conscious of like, oh, you know, I'd say a dress a little bit older for a millennial. I love to wear a cardigan. Everybody always laughs at how much I love cardigans. And I used to think, let me try to dress a little more fancy or be, you know, cooler, more hip, as my mother would say. And you know what? I rock those cardigans on dates all the time. I am a cardigan girl. I swear I walked out of the womb wearing one. So I'm just going to keep wearing them. And if they don't like my cardigans, they're not the one. They're not. Because I think you have like 400 cardigans. I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. That's who you are. And I think it's important to be who you are. You have to stay your authentic self on these dates. And, you know, if I'm out on a date with an introvert and I know that I'm an extrovert, I just am staying myself. I'm not trying to be quiet. I'm not trying to change who I am. I am my most authentic self on these dates because... The right man will love me for every bit of my strengths and flaws. Right. And I remember when you were dating this one guy, you called me and you said, Carrie, he talked the entire time. I think he's a narcissist. And I said, well, you know, my dad loves to tell stories and he's not a narcissist and he's just someone who talks, you know, we call him like Teddy Ruxman in my family. We're like pulled the string and he's just going to tell stories. That person who was talking the whole time, they're the ones knocking themselves out juggling cats, you know, whipping on a flamethrower. They're they're standing on their head, spinning plates, trying to win you over. And by sitting there confidently in your power listening, you actually have all the control. You sure do. And that was one of the best pieces of advice you ever gave me. Turns out he was a narcissist in the end, but you never know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so your original instinct, you know, you had a lot of questions. You needed to get a couple of these guys under your belt. You needed these mini relationships. You needed things to work out well. So that's why I was encouraging you. But that was good because I said, Caroline, you're an excellent listener. Someone is going to love that, that they can come home from work, just talk and tell you about their day. And you're going to listen and you're going to give great advice because you're an observer and you're very smart. Those are strengths. Yes. Yeah. And you you really do have to listen on these dates if you want to keep progressing in their relationship. I recently joked with my friend, you know, both these guys I'm dating have two brothers each. So it's easy to remember because if I just say, how's your brother? It's going to work out and right. I don't get mixed up. But I mean, in general, really listening is important because saying the next day, you know, how was that big meeting? It just shows that you care and you really get to know the person. If you talk too much or you're dozing off into space, imagining, and I'm guilty of this sometimes, you know, does Caroline Smith sound good? Oh, if that was my last name. What would it what would it sound like? Is my signature going to be pretty? And then I come back down to earth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just but listening and not always being the talker is also very important. And I think people do that. They make up these storylines of what this made up relationship is going to be. For sure. Daydreaming is such a gift. 
but it is also sometimes a curse. Right. You have to catch yourself and bring yourself back down to right. birth. So you're running Tinder, you know, you work the principles of the right way to Tinder, which is you've created this personal franchise. Exactly. And you work it like a job. No bio. There you if go. They we had a discussion over this. We sure did. I was somewhere and you called me and you're so frantic and you said, everyone on Bumble has a bio. And it's asking me why I don't have one, too. Now you're like, and it's costing me, Carrie, okay? <laughs> like, now you're like, I have proof. I said, Caroline, do you want to be like everybody else? Or do you want to be Caroline 2.0? Exactly. No bile. If they want to know, they can ask. And you know what? You are the perfect package. You have, you Thank check you. every box, and you're pretty enough to not need a bio. Thank you very much. And you have to make sure on that note, too, I get a lot of, I get on dates and guys will often say, you look like your photos. It's so important that you have that beautiful leading photograph and you have those amazing photographs, but be the authentic you and make sure that you have very, you know, realistic photographs, too. I'm not saying take a selfie when you wake up in the morning with no makeup. I mean, if you never wear makeup, good for you. Roll with that. But be realistic because guys will often say, oh, I get catfished all the time, which I have learned means girls show up and they look nothing like their profiles. Interesting. So make sure to be yourself. I want to talk about why dating in your 20s is so different versus someone, you know, I was 43 with a 13-year-old. So I dated with no online dating. So I know what it was like to date with a three-year-old and I know what it's like to date with a 13-year-old. But I don't know what it's like to date in your 20s, why do you think that there's a difference? Yeah, so I think in your 20s, people are at a lot of different stages. They're either not ready to settle down, they're ready to settle down and they're looking, or they've already settled down. This morning I was laughing with you because I went to the orthodontist. Yes, you heard me right. I went to the orthodontist to get a new <laughs> retainer where every other patient had not driven themselves there, was getting braces and was a tween. And then there was me and they hadn't seen me in over 10 years. And they asked me immediately, you know, do you have children now? And I thought to myself, I'm just trying to get by in the dating world, just waking my way through Tinder, looking for that guy. You're like, I'm just swiping right, <laughs> waiting mean, for my doctor's appointment. For but. sure. <laughs> Always swipe all the time. It just shows by having that comment, it's totally reasonable, but everybody's at different stages. And I think a lot of guys in their 20s, especially in Boston, have some serious Peter Pan syndrome where they're not ready to grow up. And they're living like a child. They're partying. They're loving their life. And they're not ready to go anywhere. And they potentially have more time or feel like they have more time. So I th really think what's important in dating in your 20s is setting expectations. And I think a lot of the time people will write, luckily, in their profile looking for something casual. For me, I'm looking for something serious to find somebody to build a life with, hopefully, if somebody's looking for something casual, good for them. I'm glad you know what you want, but it's so important to set your expectations from the onset with somebody. Don't waste your time going out with that guy who's just looking for a hookup if that's not what you want. Right, because you're not going to change him because men can't change. Exactly, and that's another big piece of advice you always gave me. People don't change. Right. And if people are actively figuring out who they are when they're dating, that's great too. But I would say just be cautious sure. of too much change happening in front of your eyes. I always say just not on my watch. Like right. if you want to have this play out, you know, I'm a busy girl. I've yeah. Got, you know, there's plenty of people that There's I can, somebody else. 
there's somebody else. Yeah. And so managing your expectations are, are very important. And where I've seen the most growth with you is where you are a serial dater and you don't, <laughs> you know, you, you're running a business, you're running your franchise. You take that very seriously. And you're on to the next date, just like you're on to your next job interview. That's impressive. Honestly, if you're going to dabble or, you know, put very little time into these dating apps, you really shouldn't do them at all. You shouldn't. You have to make it a job and you have to be ready. A lot of my friends will say to me all the time, I'm so impressed with how much time you spend working on this and going on dates and just going for it. And I think a lot of it is just people feel like they don't have enough time. If you do it for a couple of days, it just becomes a habit. So go for it. But also it's that fear. You do have to run up this hill. You've got to get over that fear. But the fear is really you in your mind talking yourself into something that's probably not that bad. It really, I've been out there, I've been on a lot of dates, and I can tell you it is not that bad. But you have to get over that hill because the downhill is so much fun and such a fun ride, and it's so much longer than the uphill battle. Right, and so if you stay at home, say you have a couple bad dates, and you're like, okay, that's enough for me, well... You're the big loser and you've just given these men that you probably wouldn't have dated anyways, all the power. Right. Dating is like, it's just, it's work. You know, if you want to go catch some fish, you got to go out in the fishing boat and catch the fish. You don't just stand at the dock waiting for the fish to jump out of the water onto the dock. That's not how it happens. You got to go get them. If you want to start a company, if you want to run a marathon... You know, you have to eat a certain way. You have to train certain days. You have exactly. to lace up those sneakers and get after it. And anything is possible. Absolutely. You will find very soon because it's just, it's a numbers game. You're taking the steps and working it like a job and you will have success way faster than your friends. Thanks to you. Actually, millennials are my best students. They truly are because when they get the information, they get it and they're off and running. And they don't have the life experience. They haven't had all those insane setbacks that someone older who has been divorced multiple times and, you know, whatever tragedy and trauma that they've lived through. They're like, the world is mine, you know, and I can get whatever I want. And this is mine for the taking. I hope today's program was inspirational and informative. And Caroline, I appreciate you being here. You are my most special rock star and so inspirational. You're the best. Thank you so much, Carrie. And I wish all of you millennials out there a lot of success as well. So go swipe right and keep listening. That's great.